following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Excuse me, is this the line to listen to the new episode of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay on the BICBP Radio Network? Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, it's not going to take too long. Um, do you know who's sponsoring them? Oh, I see it right there. In a galaxy far away, the most incredible space vehicles ever seen wage war. A war between good and evil. A war between both sides of the Force, the strongest power in the universe. Use the Force. Feel the Force. Fight the battles. Live the adventure with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection, the biggest collection of vehicles, figures, and playsets in the galaxy, each sold separately, only from Kenner. So welcome back, everybody. It is a movie review time, and... Let's go out to the movies. Let's go out to the movies. Let's go out to the movies and have yourself a snack. Oh, I'm Johnny. <laughs> yeah. And with me is Johnny. He's Andrew. <laughs> yep. My uh, my self appointed co host. That's right. Talk, but no politics. Okay. That just just let me be a success story to all you out there. If you ever want to be a part of a podcast you enjoy, just worm your way into it like <laughs> I did. <laughs> and before you know it, they think they're helping that you're helping them. <laughs> when really it's a desperate cry for help and attention. <laughs> it's the Seinfeld thing. Yeah. 100%. You're gonna be there for them. Yeah. And then you're just one day gonna be there. Yeah. Johnny has perfected the Seinfeld methodology, right? I'm really good at this. (laughs) What about that airplane food? (laughs) See? Got that right there, Mr. Seinfeld. So today it is movie review time, and we are talking Spaceballs. The Mel Spaceballs. Mel Brooks cult classic Spaceballs. Well, when you talk when you talk Mel Brooks movies in the first place, it's just littered with cult classics, right? Oh yeah, I mean, good gosh, uh, from uh, I still were <laughs> like I quote his movies maybe more than anybody else's movies. Come to think of it, overall, I mean, I'm always joking around. I'll always say anytime anybody for whatever reason the Ten Commandments come up, I always always say I have these fifteen. Oh. Ten, ten commandments, because <laughs> he drops the the five. <laughs> I think the one that's always always quoted with Mel Brooks and Mel Brooks could be. I I want to do a Mel Brooks episode. Oh but, yeah, but it's definitely you know whatever something good happens to you and I'm feeling good about myself. I always like look at somebody and go, it's good to be the king. <laughs> <laughs> and I always love the uh, when anybody says walk this way, I automatically think Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> And I, yeah, oh man, Mel Brooks is uh, is just incredible. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, this is. I was very happy to do this movie. Oh, it had been a while since I've seen it, and I am happy to report that even though I guarantee you I've seen this movie in my lifetime, I bet I've seen this movie easily at least 20 times, probably, or getting close to that. And it's still, for even though I know all the jokes, it still makes me laugh. Oh, it definitely, 100%. I can't think of anything. It's so I, quotable, it's, right? It's quotable, and it's a feel-good movie. Yes. I, this is yeah. like one of those, you have a bad day, you can always put on space yeah. balls and it, it's a comfort movie it's like mashed potatoes and meatloaf it just makes you feel good inside yeah i agree 100 percent, 100 percent. but before we get into the movie let's listen to the trailer once upon a time warp, deep in outer space there lived the most sinister villain in the universe dark helmet I can't breathe in this thing! Spaceball. They must have hypertips on that thing. And what do we got on this thing? A Cuisinart? Starring Mel Brooks. It's for you. As President Scrooge. Who is it? Daphne Zuniga as Princess Vespa. Daughter of Roland, king of the Druids. Funny. She doesn't look Druish. John Candy hey, as Bart. Bill Pullman as Lone Star. Ludicrous speed! Go! Mel Brooks as the magnificent yogurt. Don't make a fuss. I'm just plain yogurt. Rick Moranis as Dark Pelican. Why don't we take a five-minute break? Spaceball. The movie. Smoke if you got him. All right, so that was the trailer. Johnny, like you said before, you always find something new and exciting with this. And I got to say, one thing I appreciate now more than I think when I was when I watched it when I was younger is the fourth wall breaking. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's it all it, over this. It is the best. And I love it being a 1960s Batman fan. Yeah, that things are labeled as well. <laughs> yes, uh, I love that things are labeled. I love just the links they'll go to for a joke, right? Oh. Uh, I mean, the opening where it's obvious they're playing on the fact that Star Wars opens with that ship and the camera stays on that ship, but the ship in Spaceballs is ridiculously large. <laughs> so it's only for a good two to three minutes of this oh. just a ship. <laughs> it's to be one of your first jokes after that opening crawl. Uh, which had some good jokes in it too, but th- for this to be your first joke that you see, it's ballsy, <laughs> first of all, and fantastic. <laughs> I that was one of the first things that I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot about how long this was. <laughs> where it was like it was so funny, just going and going and going and going and going. All right, so real quick, I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory here. Okay, for for Spaceballs. So obviously, Mel Brooks loved the Star Wars movies, right? And he was like, well, I had already, I mean, he'd already made, uh, you know, a spoof of Westerns by this point. He'd already did a 
uh, um, I mean, this was like this was a later movie of his, right? This definitely wasn't one of his first ones. He did, he had done a lot of movies before this one. Yeah, this was. I mean, heck, there's a scene in this movie where they're going through the library of movies, and it's just a bunch of Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but uh, the thing is, he really wanted George Lucas's approval he didn't need to get it but just like weird al when weird al would parody a song he'd try to go to the artist and say hey i'm gonna make a parody of this song are you okay with that he even went as far as to send george lucas the script to say he does any of this offend you or any of that kind of stuff and he said that the only thing that lucas ever said was just don't make any merch uh, don't make any merchandise and we're fine <laughs> And that's why you don't see any Spaceballs toys. You do have, here's another little fun fact. <laughs> there is a book about Spaceballs. Um, the, uh, you know, they'd always, when a movie would come out, a book would come out about the movie uh, that was written by R.L. Stein <laughs> of Goosebumps. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> I have to find this book. Uh, but yeah, so that's the only real, uh, like, uh, merch that kind of came out with this movie despite the fact that there's merch all in the movie, from the movie. like there's even space balls the placemat i remember seeing that in the restaurant scene i i love the merchandise and did you did you notice on the comic book there's optimus prime that's i have that note okay <laughs> it's a coloring book it's a coloring book. okay yeah. space balls the coloring book yeah i'm like optimus it, prime on the cover like, is that optimus prime <laughs> i'm paused it it's 100 percent optimus it's, prime <laughs> i'm thinking of myself that is great i love it i see but i love it how he took that like don't make merchandise yeah because of how big star wars was and then all of a sudden he just went extravagant with yeah the merchandise and then you just get to everything and it's just space balls the flamethrower and <laughs> well even the post-production of the movie was done by uh, lucas's people like he went to lucas and had them do the post-production of the movie Gee. uh that's this honestly for a comedy of its time i forgot what the budget was but it was really big because the special effects in this uh they go uh, above and beyond <laughs> the special effects look great <laughs> Budget was twenty two point seven million dollars. Yeah, for a slapstick comedy, that's that's a lot. That yeah. is, it, it didn't even it made the money back. But yeah, it do that. But, it, but it's real. Uh, bread and butter came uh, in the uh, when it w was released on uh, you know VHS and DVD. That's when it really became a cult hit. Uh, but yeah, um, man, uh, where do you want to start with this movie? I just absolutely adore this film. I, I could just quote it this whole time. <laughs> Like I, like I said, the fourth wall breaking, just the, yeah, I, well, the before greatest... Deadpool, well before Deadpool was doing it, this movie did it. And this wasn't the first movie to do it either, but this I one think, great. I think the greatest, like as a kid, I always thought Lone Star and Barf were great together, <laughs> but watching it again, I appreciate the whole dark helmet and Colonel Sanders. They're my favorite duo for sure. Like yeah. duo in this, just <laughs> like. You know, I always, what is this when they're going to go look at the radar? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, been, it's been jammed. <laughs> no, no. With the, at first when they're like, we got him on the radar. Oh, they, they go to the one and he's like, oh, why, is it, why, is it, why is it bubbling and turning? And they're like, this is Mr. Coffee. This <laughs> is Mr. Coffee, but in his defense, it looks exactly like the Mr. Radar machine. <laughs> they, they look exactly the same. And I love how Dark Helmet always like does something stupid 
and he, like like he just tries to like cover his tracks like you know i always have my coffee when i'm watching radar and it goes over to mr yeah. radar and then even when you mentioned like the library of the mel brooks movie yeah. that, i never even noticed that's mr rental yeah. <laughs> in that part but and uh, i never i don't think i never picked it up as a kid but when he goes when he goes what's wrong colonel sanders chicken chicken yeah. <laughs> what's wrong colonel sanders a chicken <laughs> they've gone to plan uh but uh <laughs> when they were casting this movie they got the first big name that came on board was rick moranis right that's who uh they really were wanting to get and because of rick moranis he literally told john candy hey you should do this movie with me it's gonna be a lot of fun so then there's two big names right there uh and that's why they were able to get um because the studio was like well, we need to get a big name for lone star but at the time, uh, Bill Pullman, right? I always get those him confused. I think it was with, with who? Don't um, even Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're not <laughs> the only one. Uh, but that's why they were able to get him because at the time he was. I mean, he had done a few things, but ne- he wasn't a big star at this point. Uh, so that's why they were able to get him. And I thought this movie was cast pretty dang well. Yeah, I I think everybody. There's not anybody I would want to really switch out or look at. I mean, even the small part of Jim J. Bullock playing Prince Valium. Yeah. It, is great too. Like yeah, all the little small cameos in this are pretty fan. I mean, p- who can forget Pizza the Hut, right? I, you know, Dom DeLuise doing the voice of that. So how creepy are those human eyes though? Now that I'm actually looking at it on a way bigger TV than like a little like 20 13 to 21 inch screen TV, like when I was a kid. Now that yeah. you like see deep into it, that that got me a little creepy, but or else pizza will send out for you <laughs> you're the delicious boss <laughs> i i just don't i like you said i don't see anything problem with the casting i don't see anything and i love it that not only did they go after star wars but they went after star trek oh yeah yeah and aliens was in there too a little bit like they they just did it all like the whole beaming thing because i'm <laughs> So when i was actually able to stay awake during star trek the motion picture i remember that was like one of the first scenes was like oh my goodness it's a horrible accident these people died in the transporter accident and then yeah. but then they did that but then really he's like two feet away <laughs> they and, just walk there the whole time <laughs> how crazy is it all right that he has the cans of fresh air yeah <laughs> but now today you can actually buy cans of oxygen <laughs> this movie was ahead of its time <laughs> just so far ahead of its time oh man but the but the radar with the beeps creeps and the sweeps that yeah. was great too and yeah, it's it. always good at michael winslow i mean this movie has some really great cameos mm-hmm. i love it though when he's like raspberry Lone Star, <laughs> and it's an actual <laughs> it's a literal yeah. he literally literally throw jar of raspberry jam into their satellite uh that's so funny and another part that made me laugh and it's just a really small thing is when uh barf is crawling down to, to get them out of their ship they don't he doesn't wear any sort of spacesuit. he's just out in space <laughs> they're all just like just chilling I, but it's 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 basically and i love it when dark helmet does anything wrong too they just cover up they just cover up their privates. He's like, yeah. oh, because that's what it goes for if you mess up. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole asshole scene too. <laughs> I do love that. Like uh, when he goes, I shoot across. He goes, I told you to shoot across. Shoot not up its nose. And it goes, he goes, I'm sorry, sir. And he turns around. He's cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guy is like, who hired you? I did, sir. He's my cousin. <laughs> He's an asshole, <laughs> sir. <laughs> well, I can see that. No, that's his actual name. It's <laughs> uh, That's one of my favorite things. I always quote, you know, I'm surrounded. <laughs> I, you know what's crazy too about Mel Brooks is that he is Jewish, but he always makes fun of the yeah. Jewish religion. Yeah, like, a lot, yeah. Like, like when she's talking and she's like, "I'm from Jewidia," and she's talking to Lone Star, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, great, we got a Jewish or Druish princess." In the well, back. I mean, even that one goes funny. And your barf goes funny. She doesn't look Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> looking at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I get that though. Um. Uh, you know, I grew up in a Mennonite church, and I've I've made a lot of Mennonite jokes in my <laughs> life, so I get it. Uh, even though it was a major part of my upbringing, uh, and you know, I'm overall I had really good experiences. I still get it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of I mean, that's the same reason that he spoofed Star Wars. He loves Star Wars movies, yep. and that's why the spoofing works. It's not coming from a place of hatred. No, it's coming from a place of actual love and. Uh, I think it's when you get the best spoofs when you're kind of spoofing things you actually do like. Yeah, and the, that you do appreciate and you do enjoy yeah. and everything else. But I, I thought I don't see any like really bad parts in here. And I, I did notice when during the transporter accident, his hands actually stayed in the right spot. But I'm yeah, pretty, you know, budgets and stuff like that. But it's still a funny joke when he's like, "How come <laughs> you told me my butt was this big?" Well, they kind of had to because he scratches his butt. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but he goes i'll just walk and it's like right there yeah, that's my favorite part of that. Yeah. or the the past the password is probably still one of the best yeah yeah one one two, two. one two three four five <laughs> then they find out that's also the that's the same as my luggage <laughs> i love it too he, like when he wants to intimidate he has his face mask down <laughs> <laughs> something stupid happened rick moranis is so fantastic in this movie did you watch the goldbergs he actually reprised the role at the end of the gold oh man i've seen like four or five seasons of that i don't remember that it must be after i stopped watching it yeah it was i can't remember what it was i i stopped watching it and then i heard something about he was going to reprise his role as dark helmet and i watched a whole episode and i'm like oh come on there's nothing about rick moranis and then all of a sudden at the end he comes out in the whole dark helmet get up oh okay i gotta find this yeah, yeah. i gotta like find he, this for sure i it, i think it's great that he played it because darth vader is such this like giant yeah. imposing figure and then you just have rick moranis like honey i shrunk the kids <laughs> rick, yeah. rick moranis that's like ghostbusters rick moranis yeah yeah none of these things that darth vader is but yeah, yeah that's where yeah that's where the role. comedy goes. Oh man, he's so dang funny in this. Oh, this is probably one of his top movies. I've that I to me that I love Rick Moranis and he can do no wrong in my eyes. But uh, this is probably my favorite thing he ever did was this. I mean, he was fantastic in everything. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, I love Ghostbusters, but he's just like a small part in that. Uh, but when it comes to like a main role, I think this is my favorite thing he did. Oh, it's <laughs> and there's and he did some movies I've loved, like Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I always always like. I liked him in Parenthood. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's really good. Anyway, but um, and then he just kind of disappears, right? Because uh, raises kids and stuff, and you just kind of respect the dude. Um, 
I mean, the it, the only reason he made news recently is because when that random person like punched him in the street in New York. Yeah. Uh, and everybody loves Rick Moranis, so everybody was very angry about that. I don't know understand why you would ever want to punch rick moranis for anyone just randomly who had nothing to do with anything but yeah uh but yeah especially rick moranis he's you know universally loved uh but uh yeah i uh i gotta say like if this has got to be in my opinion one of the by far one of the funniest things he did he really gets to show his comedic chops here in this Mm -hmm. movie and it's and it's weird too because you got john candy probably would greatest one of the greatest you know at this point of time comedic at the height yeah at the height of his popularity rick moranis just towers over him in this movie and i and i love john candy but when it comes to this rick moranis is yeah i say rick moranis is number one and then uh you know uh john candy has some really good stuff in here but i would not say and i'm don't get me wrong i love barf and i think that uh, they, this character's iconic but when it comes to john candy i think other movies he did were probably a little bigger for him right yeah uh, more iconic uh, you know uncle buck automatically comes to mind for me i love the great outdoors too oh yeah yeah the old yeah. 96er <laughs> the, the other part that i love too with breaking the fourth wall is when they catch the stunt doubles it's the great <laughs> escape scene out of there and they're like <laughs> and they look so perfect other than the princess and it's the guy in the dress i don't know why but with he has a cigarette that is that i i always remember that you idiot you caught their stunt doubles that officer is just like so you thought you could escape (laughs) could you imagine if they did that in any other movie (laughs) (laughs) that is right there that is comedic genius in my to actually think about you know you're catching the stunt doubles of everything literally in the middle of this movie they watch themselves in the movie yes (laughs) and i love it when they're looking back and forth yeah it's happening now what do you mean it's happening now or would they're actually doing it when just now well let's go back we can't why because it's just it already happened when just now And I love it too when they're watching it and they replay the whole ludicrous speed thing. And he's like, you know what? Don't, don't watch this again. Yeah, yeah, we're, done. <laughs> we're done with it. I love ludicrous speed. We got to catch up to him. How are we going to do it? Let's go ludicrous. Speed. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, which is just, which is past ridiculous speed. Don't have to get that. <laughs> and I love it too. when he's like, my brains are going into my feet. <laughs> he's like you gotta stop this no that's when they go to that's when they go to plan yeah (laughs) and the what i don't know why i quote that line of that's probably my most quotable line is they're going to plan (laughs) i love it too inside of the winnebago how it does look like the millennium falcon well let's just stop there that it's a winnebago (laughs) oh (laughs) i love the winnebago yeah. It seems to be a Winnebago Lone Star. <laughs> or, when they, oh, man. or when they find yogurt and he's jumping up and down and he goes, I hate yogurt. I hate <laughs> even with strawberries. <laughs> Another line that I absolutely love and I think is underrated is <laughs> where where Rick goes he goes, uh, because good is dumb. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, the end fight? That is, yeah. that is an iconic... I guess you could say lightsaber fight right there. Yeah, but... that lightsaber fight gets uh, doesn't get enough love. What <laughs> do so you when he kills the cameraman or the mic yeah. operator, and he's like, "Ah, eh, he did it." <laughs> the The ending of it is the best. Oh I think yeah, the ending where he's like, he's like, you know what? Let's let's call the truth. Let's do this. Let's shake hands and feel yeah. Lone Star and sh- Lone Star. <laughs> can, I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> and he dances around and mocks him, and then he lifts up his helmet and he just punches him in the face, and then he falls back into the falls back into the uh, the self destruct button. button. Yeah, which why would you have that? <laughs> and I love the fact that they. That all the stuff they have on the ship for how big it is, like yeah. they're in ludicrous speed. They're like, close all the shops in the mall, close down <laughs> the the floor. Floor. and there's all kinds of like there's clowns, there's mimes, <laughs> and then finally when it's time to hit the cancellation button, it's out of order. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, this, this movie is so fantastic! It even goes into Planet of the Apes. It does, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I love, and, and we didn't even talk about the fact that when the ship transforms, it doesn't trans. It could have just transformed into a vacuum cleaner, but no, no, it transforms into a maid holding a vacuum cleaner. Mega maid, <laughs> mega maid has gone from suck to blow. <laughs> it's, oh god, this movie is so good. It's, uh, it. I don't think there's a bad Mel Brooks movie. That's I think that's where we're coming into like this whole thing. During any Mel Brooks movie, there's going to be at least one part where you just will hardcore laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that this will just catch you uh, for whatever reason. This is probably this is probably my favorite. I we. I, it's my favorite, and I obviously love a lot of the ones he's done. Young Frankenstein's probably second for me, because oh. uh, I really love that one too. Uh, but uh, this one's number one, I think. This one and then Young Frankenstein would be number two. I can't believe it didn't get any love. But then again, is a movie like this supposed to... The great thing about this, like I said, the comfort movie-wise, is if you take this movie seriously, you're just not going to get it. But if you take it and you just enjoy it, and I think anybody that's never seen maybe Star Wars uh star trek aliens stuff like that you could still get a lot of the jokes in here yeah i think so too but i definitely do believe that if you're a fan of sci-fi then it's and you have a good sense of humor then you have to if you haven't seen this movie you have to see it Uh, yeah it's it's top-notch sci-fi comedy for sure i still love too i forgot about that when he's talking to lone star the the king is talking to lone star about the what ship they're driving and he gets into like the whole thing about oh yeah his, his cousin murray you got a good dealership yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paid in cash i got my cousin murray owns a dealership in the valley he gave me a very good deal <laughs> oh man this, there's just so many great lines in this thing uh and what's really good well was good for me about this movie is as i would watch it as i got older and then i would find things funnier than i did from when i was younger yeah, uh, it was like I was discovering new parts of this movie I'd already seen a bunch. That's that's pretty incredible, I think. Uh, I'm kind of glad, you know. A lot of movies, 
uh, when they premiere or whatever, they're big right at the beginning, and then they really just kind of burn out. But this one sort of did the opposite, like you said. It, I mean, yeah, it made its money back, but it wasn't considered a huge hit by any means. And it kind of became this cult classic, and that's where it really lit. I mean, it got big enough to have its own cartoon at one point. So, uh, really a Spaceballs cartoon, yeah, or animated show. Um, it uh, so <clears throat> later in life, this thing just kind of found its way, and that's really cool. Uh, I really, really am glad it did uh, because they did think about doing a sequel, but obviously, it just never happened. Well, that would be Spaceballs Two: The Quest for More Money. Yeah, that's that joke's in this movie, yeah. but uh, Mel Brooks said that's really what he was going to call it. <laughs> I, I, I do not blame him for doing that. I think Rick Moranis was on board to want to do it, uh, but I forgot what the reason it was. They ended up just not doing it. There's some something came up, but uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I I would have obviously loved the sequel, but I think it's kind of perfect that it just had this one in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's should be left alone yeah so who would you want to be what role would you want to play in space balls um you got uh i was always told that i kind of look like john candy so so i would probably be barf but who yeah but come on who would you what, what, but I, what? I feel i'm a rick moranis inside okay <laughs> so I, i'm gonna go dark helmet for me i'm either gonna be dark helmet or uh Colonel Sanders, because those are my two favorite characters in this. <laughs> I could see you pulling off either Dark Helmet or or Barf. Yeah, so I got to go with one of those for me. Um, man, I I wouldn't want the guy who gets all the bit the funnest stuff and funnest reactions. That's gonna be Rick Moranis's Dark Helmet, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's that's who I, that's who I would want to be. What about you? I think I would want to be Rick Moranis. Just that's. I never appreciated it until now, but I that that is really the best role in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Colonel Sanders are by far. Would you my play favorite duo? Do you play with your dolls like Dark Helmet? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah. You know how many times Raphael kissed April O'Neil? <laughs> Way too many times for a turtle on a human being. <laughs> I forgot about that. Part. That's that's where. The- where he's like beats Lowenstein and she's like, oh no. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh my, I love you. No, sir, I did not. Colonel Sanders comes marched in. No, sir, I did not see you playing with your dolls. Good. Yeah. That's my favorite part. The response from Dark Abbott's good. That's gotta be. I can't believe I forgot about it until now. But that's what made this whole his whole thing great especially yeah. the comb the desert we forgot about that oh yeah comb the desert this thing just rapid fires jokes at you uh where like i think if you watch it for the first time you got to watch it at least one more time because i guarantee you you've missed a joke or two it, man we ain't found shit <laughs> <laughs> but oh, how man. how would you rate this all right i i've been thinking about that um obviously i have a lot of nostalgia for this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies when um when i was in middle school i distinctly remember uh, i was in seventh grade and that's when i discovered that i could make people laugh because the teacher asked a question and i had some smart out question i don't even remember what i said i just remember the laughter that i got from it (laughs) <laughs> and it's like it created this monster that I became, right? Uh, 
And I was like, and then I became all things comedy. I just fell in love with comedy in general. And I discovered Airplane first when it came to spoof movies, but they quickly became my favorite genre of movie ever. Um, and Spaceballs <laughs> was such a major part of me growing up because uh, once I watched it, I was obviously hooked. And I um, mean, to the point where, you know, Airplane, Spaceballs, and the Naked Gun films, uh, when the early 2000s, when they tried to kind of bring back the spoof movies and they were just awful, they're not uh, good. Yeah, those... uh, they just make me angry. <laughs> I gotta give the opening of Scary Movie 2 a lot of credit. I think Scary Movie 2 overall is alright, especially compared to the other ones, because the other ones are so bad. They're just just spoofing movies left and right with no sense of purpose in them. Uh, There's one that was spoofing the movie 300. I can't remember the the movie, but... Oh, yeah, that was... Trevor and I, like, my buddy Trevor also loves dumb movies like i do and we tried to watch it and we couldn't even finish it and this is and i love comedies i couldn't get through it uh but with that being said i have a lot of nostalgia for space balls is what i'm getting at i absolutely love this movie growing up i hadn't seen it in a while it's been a probably three or four years since i'd watched it and i'm very happy to report that i still loved it just as much as i did back then maybe even more so now because like you said i found more things to appreciate this time um uh, out of what do we rate? What are we going to rate this out of? Um, I'm. I want to use Schwartz. It's, yeah, that's what we, did, we did. We did. I would. I don't want to do space balls. I want to do Schwartz's. I like Schwartz's. Yeah. Uh, this is. Um, are we doing it out of ten or out of five Schwartz's? Five. Five. Uh, this is easily a four and a half out of five Schwartz's for me. It's so close to a five. Um, that I could possibly get. I'm the only reason I'm not getting a five because I feel like that should be like the absolute. You know, like top ridiculously amazing film and for me this is just right below it uh but like entertainment wise five comedy wise five uh but uh, yeah four i go 4.5 4.75 schwartz's are right in there what about you i'm thinking the same thing i mean this isn't based on the genre i don't think this is the top spoon no, kind of no. crazy comedy there is but it is right there it's got to be top five top ten yeah of all time so I'm definitely- i would say all time this is top three spoof for me uh but you know airplane were probably above it yeah in, in my ranking but yeah naked guns and stuff like that as well yeah. so yes. i definitely i gotta go probably 4.5 schwartz's that's four and a half schwartz's just because of it because when i think of the spoof genre i go right to airplane same yeah and is it yeah, that's the definition of it for me is airplane is it airplane? No, but is it pretty much just as good as airplane? Yes. yes. So that's yeah. why I got to put it. I got to put it in that perspective. Yeah. Because the other thing that makes these spoof movies good, and airplane knew this, is that it's not about like actors, especially comedic actors, being over the top. It's about saying these ridiculous things in a serious manner and taking yeah. them seriously. Uh, that's what Airplane does really, really well. I mean, you get Robert Stack for crying out loud in Airplane, and he's fantastic in it, right? Leslie Nielsen at that time was actually a serious actor uh, when he got Airplane, and that totally changed his career. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, that's that's how you know a spoof is good when um, they're little, you got to take the ridiculousness in a serious manner, as weird as that may sound, because that really sells it even more. Yeah. Uh, and this movie does that fantastically uh but yeah i i'm with you uh, obviously we agree we both love this movie <laughs> i i have no no complaints about spaceballs yeah so, no notes from me 
<laughs> so yeah, th- this is not a Mac and me. This was definitely a very yeah. refreshing thing to watch. Yeah, Mac, Mac and me was divisive between me and you, but this this movie, uh, we're on the same page for sure. If I was Dark Helmet watching Mac and me, my face shield would be up constantly with my hand out. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if I was in a room and we were watching it, you would put your shield down so I couldn't see you making faces. Yes. <laughs> I'll be making faces underneath there. But you have choice for next month. What are you choosing? Yeah, I obviously, uh, let's go from one Rick Moranis to another. What do you think? I'm down. I love a good Rick Moranis. Well, did you know that at one point he uh, coached football? Did he now? He most certainly did. And we're going to watch him do so in Little Giants next yeah. time uh, for the movie review. That is that is a classic. Oh, my yeah. God. Very excited to do that. Very, very excited. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite. Uh, that was my favorite time because that was when I was growing up and all these, you know, Rookie of the Year, Little yeah. Giants, Sandlot, all these great sports films for kids came out. So I'm very excited to talk about some Little Giants. Some Little Big League. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I've heard, I don't think I've seen that one, but I've heard of it. It's it's like Rookie of the Year, but they were like, hey, how about instead of a kid being a player, he becomes the owner and coach of a team? Oh, uh. yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. where they right. went. They went that it's 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 pretty much rookie of the year. Yeah. But he's the owner and the coach. Yeah. Mother has a relationship with one of the players. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's rookie of the year recycled, but in a little bit of a grander scheme of yeah. it. I was trying to decide between Little Giants or Angels in the Outfield, the remake that came out in the 90s that I really love. Uh, but I don't know if I could find that movie anywhere. So <laughs> we're going to have to go with <laughs> Little Giants. I can't stand that little kid. My friend Dave used to do that line all the time. The it could happen. <laughs> so whenever, oh, yeah. whenever he says something on Facebook, yeah. I it always, could happen. I always put that gif in there. With the little kid going, it could happen. Well, the kid's not wrong. It could. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. But, That's literally anything. It could happen. Thank you, Johnny. Once again, uh, you want to plug any of your other podcasts? Uh, just look me up. You'll find stuff. <laughs> there you go. And remember to catch new episodes of Let's Talk But No Politics OK every Sunday on the BICPP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, go check out the Facebook page, the YouTube channel. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. We've gone to plan. <laughs> <laughs>